Hello and welcome to Habemus Papam, episode 190, St. Celestine V. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. Today's Pope was born Pietro Morone, or Peter Morone, in 1209 to a peasant family in the town of Sant'Angelo Limosano in southern Italy. His parents were named Angelerio and Maria, and he was one of 12 brothers and sisters. And from an early age, he was given to the local monastery where he was educated as a monk. Now, when he was only 20 or so years old, he felt called to live the life of a hermit. And after a couple years living as a hermit in the mountains, he went to Rome to ask permission from the Pope to, if possible, be ordained a priest. He was ordained, and he spent the next several years living the eremitical life in caves not too far from the city of Rome. Eventually, news of his holiness spread and attracted followers in the local bishop, and eventually the pope allowed him to form a small religious community of hermits in the mountains and to build a church. Now, as Peter's congregation of hermits continued to grow, he acted to find more ecclesiastical support, and he went with a couple of brothers to the Second Ecumenical Council of Lyon, which we heard about way back in episode 182 where he obtained numerous privileges for his fledgling congregation from Blessed Gregory X. While his congregation would technically fall under that of the Benedictines and would follow its rule, Peter was really inspired by the Franciscans and the Dominicans, and his monks lived in stricter poverty than normal Benedictines. Now, over the next several years, Peter bounced around between houses in his own congregation and other Benedictine monasteries, which local bishops or rulers asked him to take it in control and, and reform. And it was clear that he was gaining a reputation for holiness and for being a capable administrator. But he maintained his eremitical lifestyle, living many years in caves near his monasteries rather than in the monastery themselves. Which brings us to the death of Nicholas IV in 1292. The cardinals were completely deadlocked as to who to choose to be the next pope. And the cardinals who were members of the Colonna family had their candidate, while those who were members of the Orsini family had theirs. It was basically a case of personal and family squabbles which prevented Rome from having a pope. So that summer, several of the cardinals left town without having made a decision, and the see was left vacant for almost two years. Well, this is getting on everyone's nerves now. The king of Naples, Charles II, tried to step in and solve the problem, providing a list of names to the cardinals who they, he thought would be good popes. This didn't make them very happy. No one likes being dictated to. And so Charles went and visited the hermit Peter himself, trying to convince him to use his moral authority to get the cardinals to choose someone. But Peter remained in the wilderness. However, in the conclave itself, something started to happen. Cardinal Latino Orsini gave a speech in which he said that in a dream he had a vision of a holy hermit who said God would punish the world if the vacancy continued. Everyone knew who he was talking about. They all started to vote for Peter. It was unanimous. And after two years of no pope, on July 11, 1294, the cardinals and several hundred other followers made their way to Peter's cave and informed him that he had been elected the pope. Peter was in his 80s at this time, and certainly surprised and frightened by the turn of events, but he saw it as God's will and accepted the election, taking the name Celestine V. Now, the problem with electing a holy and simple hermit in his 80s as pope was that he didn't have the knowledge or background in Roman curial politics to navigate what was a really fraught political situation at the time. Sure, it's important to have a holy pope, it's essential, but you have to be competent as well. And people very quickly began to realize that Celestine was good at regulating monks, but not necessarily at regulating the Roman bureaucracy. The first person to realize this was the Angevin Charles II of Naples, who hurried to visit Peter and advise him on how to proceed. 
Now, this would turn out really badly, and the reality was that Charles basically took control of things. Normally, the Pope would go to Rome to be crowned, but Charles convinced Celestine to have the cardinals all come out to L'Aquila, where Charles was camped for the ceremony. So warily, the cardinals went to L'Aquila, where the Celestine was consecrated the Bishop of Rome. Then rather than returning to Rome or Perugia or someplace else in the Papal States, Charles convinced Celestine to come to Naples, deeper into his own territory, where he was the ruler, and to live there, and, and so he went. Now, in Naples, things got worse. Celestine botched a bunch of appointments. He didn't really know how to run things, and in general, he made the Curia and the Cardinals incredibly upset. He was convinced by Charles to appoint, appoint a bunch of French and Neapolitans as Cardinals, and in general, he found he had little talent for being Pope. He missed his simple life as a hermit, and while he made a hermit cell for himself in Naples, it wasn't really the same thing because he was still the Pope. So he began to think to himself and to float the idea around the Curia that he would resign. Now, despite many people coming to his door and begging him not to do so, Celestine V resigned the papacy on December 13, 1294. Now, a humble monk again, Celestine had planned to return to his congregation of hermits and live the rest of his life out as he had before the papacy. But his successor, Boniface VIII, who we'll talk about next time, had other plans. Knowing that it's never a good idea as a hard-nosed politician to have an ex-pope around because it can affect your own legitimacy, Boniface ordered Celestine put in custody. Celestine escaped and returned to his brothers and lived a life on the run from the Pope for several months, but eventually the jig was up and Boniface imprisoned him. He died in prison on May 19, 1296, and was buried eventually in Aquila. He was canonized by Pope Clement V in 1313. Now, spoiler alert, there is a connection with Celestine to another recent papal resignation, Benedict XVI, who we'll talk about eventually in episode 263, Pope Benedict visited St. Celestine's tomb in 2009 and left his own pallium on the tomb as a gift. Benedict would, of course, later go on to resign the papacy himself. But more on that way in the future in episode 263. Next up for us is Dante's least favorite pope and the successor to Celestine, Boniface VIII. And we will talk about him next time. Thanks for listening to Albemus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbitespodcast.com or find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you and God bless you.